Welcome to another edition of the Kingdom in You podcast. I'm really excited to share this one with you. Again, it's uh, a little outside of the devotionals that I will normally be sharing, but this is one that I really hope you enjoy. It's from when I was in Australia. I think it was back in 2000, uh, boy, I think it was back in 2018. (laughs) I can't really remember, but I shared uh, my testimony and how to remain in Christ with a group of individuals in Australia. So I hope you really enjoy it. If you're looking for how to maintain the mindset of Christ and to stay in Christ, I really suggest you listen to it. I think you're going to enjoy it. Have fun and listen. So, uh, wow, it was so crazy. I was sitting back there and God was crushing me and I was crying. Because that's what he does. So like uh, people that think they're cool, like me, he crushes us so we can know him better. And uh, as uh, as Tony was praying, man, I was watching the couples in the back and they're all cuddling and holding hands because God's love was here, man. Anybody who loves anybody, you just feel that. And you're like, I got to reach out to the person I love. And all the couples <laughs> back there, you two, they're all, you back in the back. It's, like, it's amazing, man. That's what he is, he's love. Yeah, we were we were tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Yes, yeah. And you know what? I, I was falling back there, man, because I just felt yeah. how we've, we've said for so long that God's angry. I mean, he's bad and he hates us, man. And he loves us. He's so, so, so good. He's so, so, uh, I've done this a couple times before, but never with royal family. And uh, I'm, I'm no different than you guys, man. You know, in fact, some of you guys have been walking in this way longer than I have. Way longer. I, I uh, went to, uh, well, God crushed me on January 8th, 2015. He just crushed me and everything I knew turned upside down. Some of you guys know that. But uh, before we get into it, let's pray real quick. I just want to thank God for what he's done and what he's doing. So, Lord Jesus, you are so amazing. And right now, each one of us here acknowledges that you are good. And that you are loving. And that you are caring, and that you are forgiving, and that you are just, Mm -hmm. and that you are full of peace, and you are full of grace, and you are full of mercy. You are full of kindness. And that's the God we know. And we acknowledge it right now. We proclaim it with our hearts, with our mouths, with our minds, and we proclaim it to others because we're full of it. Because we're full of you. So in Jesus' name, I pray that you stay with us. I know that you're in us. And I believe that you work in us, to us, through us, for us, to others. Mm-hmm. And we proclaim that right now. So be with us. Speak through me, Lord Jesus. And speak <coughs> through every heart here. That you would warm each of us with the love that's sitting beside us. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So uh, I'm a pastor's son. Crazy, huh? Uh, I'm a pastor's son or a missionary kid. But well, that's not really who I am. I'm a lover of Jesus. Uh, and I grew up like that. And my whole problem when I come to a place like this is I get full with, full up with Jesus, right? And then I go out and nothing changed in my life, you know? Maybe for a couple of days I feel good. Maybe I read my Bible a little bit. Maybe I'd be, uh, you know, witness to somebody at school. Pass out tracks. I used to do that a lot. Crazy stuff. And, uh, and I just could never keep what I feel like I was getting. And so uh, I want to explain to you guys a little bit through my testimony how you get to keep what you have. A lot of you already know. But we don't want to go back and we don't want to slip into a mindset where we can't live where we are right now. Because the truth is that you can live here in what you feel and what you are right now every second of every day. You never have to lose it. Not for one second if you don't want to. You know, in the church, we lie to you. And we tell you, hey man, it's not always going to be like this. You know, times get rough, which is true. And you're not going to, you know, sometimes you feel far from God. You don't have to feel far from God, man. You don't have to feel far from God because God is never far from you. He never has been. Even when you were far away, he was near. He was near. So um, the first thing I want to say is that understanding can be a process. But freedom isn't a process. Freedom is a state of existence. It's your position. You're free. You never lose that. Amen. Understanding. Yeah, it can be a process because our brain has to wrap around what's going on. I remember when I was going through this, 
Ooh, my brain was just spinning. Like I said, some of you have been walking on this a long time. Uh, but my brain was uh, was like a, a, a popcorn kettle. But uh, it says in John 8, 34 through 36, Jesus replied to the Pharisees, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Everyone in here has probably had an experience with Christ. Or you want to be here, you know, and you felt free. Some of you continued and walked in that freedom, and some of you didn't. But it didn't go anywhere. You're still free. Jesus still, Jesus still sees you as free. God still sees you as free. There's no way that God can look at you except for the sacrifice of his son. How can he nullify the sacrifice of his son for you? He has to see you through that sacrifice. How can he blaspheme the death of his son? He has to see you through. He's always seen you like that. It's just whether you acknowledge it or not. It's just whether you acknowledge it or not. So last night, uh, Victor and I and uh, and Matt and uh, Tony, we had an amazing experience. I know all, a lot of you guys had an awesome experience. Uh, and I want to hear them later, man. I heard some of them. It's like crazy, like 20 people being healed at the same time. This guy doing like a thespian act in the middle of the street or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's crazy stuff. But... Uh, Two uh, Chinese girls that uh, that Victor, uh, this guy's this guy's a ridiculous, amazing man of God. He's like speaking Chinese to these Chinese girls. I was like, you know, and just drawing them into the love of Christ. Um, they gave their hearts to Christ. Yeah, it was amazing because as soon as one of the girls looked up, she said, "I already feel the peace." And I'm like, "That's Jesus. He he's inside of you now." And I told her what I told you. I said, "You never have to lose that." You never have to lose that. So uh, I came to Christ. I was about three and a half years old. And I have no clue. I have no recollection of it. None. It's kind of weird, huh? <laughs> but my mom says that uh, I was at a missionary kid's camp preparing us to go to the mission field. And she says that I, I said, I want Jesus in my heart, Mommy. And uh, and she knelt by the bed with me and she asked, we asked God to come into my heart together. And I guess it was amazing. I don't really remember. <laughs> but I remember living in peace. And I remember living in love. And I remember thinking, man, my family's amazing. These people love me. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I grew up and I got older. And uh, we moved to Spain. And uh, I came back in the, in the summer. And my, uh, my grandparents lived in California. And... Uh, my grandma had this uh, yellow bike, and I wanted to ride it really bad. <laughs> and I kept asking, Grandma, can I ride that bike? Grandma, can I ride that bike? She said, no, you're going to wreck it. It's too big for you. You can't ride that bike. I said, Grandma, can I ride that bike? She said, no. So I can't remember what happened, whether I stole the bike or she let me finally ride it. But I ended up riding around the neighborhood. And I ended up riding around the neighborhood, and I was riding free, I was riding happy, I was riding peaceful, I was riding full of whatever God was, because I was young, I was free, and I was on my bike, you know? <laughs> and uh, I rolled up on some uh, some kids that were there that I knew from the neighborhood. I didn't know them real well, but I played with them before. I rolled up on the bike, and I came up to a picnic table, and they were all looking at a, something, a book or something. They're all laughing and giggling and having a good old time. And so I came up and I said, hey, what are you guys looking at? And I walked up there and they had a, a, a pornographic magazine open on the table. And I'd never seen anything like that before. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know what that was. And immediately I was drawn to it. And then some things happened where I was touched by them. And uh, I was abused. And I didn't know that until about uh, five years ago. And I was immediately addicted to pornography and my identity or what I thought my identity was changed immediately. And I became full of guilt. And I became full of anger. And I became full of deceit. And I became full of hypocrisy or what I believe was hypocrisy. And I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't even know I was abused. Well, they're kids like me. I don't know what's going on. You know? Just started walking my life that way. And, uh, you guys kind of already know this, but I, I say this to people that don't, but uh, uh, just just so you guys kind of understand, 
in the carnal mind, the physical world, one plus one always equals what? Two. Two. So my pain, that equals sin. My guilt, that equals death. You know, it's like that one plus one equals two, man. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm hurt. I'm bad. I'm damaged goods. No one's ever going to love me. I don't even know what's going on. But in the kingdom, yeah, one plus one equals four. <laughs> me, the Father, the Son, the yeah. Holy Spirit. Sorry. One plus one equals me, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However people are, many people are in this room. I don't know, 60 Christians here. One plus one equals that plus all the angels that are in here with us. Yeah. You know? One plus one can equal anything. <laughs> the supernatural. I didn't know that, man. Nobody taught me that. I mean, they said it, but I didn't feel it in my heart, you know? So, um, wow. Yeah. I know that, uh, I know that there's people in here that struggle with pornography and other things, other addictions, because in a group this, this big, there is. But I want you to know that you're free. Amen. You're free. Yeah. You don't have to struggle anymore. It's over, man. If you're, if you're struggling, it's because you don't understand who you are. You know, Holy Spirit does not struggle with addiction. He's not insuffi insufficient. He doesn't have a problem with it. You know, he's not like, man, I don't know if I can conquer it. I don't know if I have enough self-control. <laughs> you know, Holy Spirit, he's done. Jesus is sitting down. And the truth <clears throat> is that you're sitting with him, you know. So how do we maintain that mindset? How do we maintain the mindset where we stay in the freedom that we live in and the power that we live in? Come on. How do we maintain that mindset? We gotta stay in Christ, acknowledging our position in Him. Because He's in us. The question is, are we in Him? Right? Flesh gives birth to, to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying this, Jesus said in John 3, 6 through 8. I'm reading NIV because that's the one I understand the most. I know some people don't like it, but that's what I grew up on. So I'm free now. I can read whatever version I want. <laughs> you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone of, uh, that is born of the Spirit. So I got a chance uh, recently to answer this question with a very dear friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but some of you know him, and he came to stay at my house for, I can't remember, it was a week or two weeks. He came to me with this, like, man, he operates in this thing, man. Sees so many healings, sees so many deliverances uh, from addictions and other things. He operates in this all the time, just like you guys. He said, I feel nothing inside, man, I'm numb. What's going on, man? What's going on? So for the past uh, two years, God's been teaching me what's going on. He's been showing me what's going on. And I got to, I got to walk with him. I saw some of the most amazing miracles I've ever seen in my life. And I, I know I'll see bigger ones, but amazing together, walking together, the two of us. But I found out, man, I found out that, you know, there's no life outside of God. It doesn't exist. There was no choice. There is no free will. It's God's will or no will. When I tell my kids, I say, hey, kids, it's time to go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> and they go and, they, and I find out they're playing in the street. Did I give them a choice? No. I didn't give them a choice. They had a choice, but I didn't give it to them. I didn't give it to them. And that's kind of what happened with us with God, you know. And so what happens, we just started walking in a nature that he didn't create us for. How do we stay in that nature that he created us for? How do we find out who we are? How do we find out who we are? Well, what happens is we do something or something happens to us like uh, like happened to me. And uh, there's two things that we do. There's two ways that we uh, deal with pain and hurt in our life. You know, pain is something that's caused by someone else's sin or someone breathing evil into you. And guilt is caused by our own. Right? And there's two ways that we deal with that. We either deal with it through condemnation or justification. Right? So we condemn ourselves, or we condemn someone else. Mm. Or we justify ourselves, or we justify someone else. Actions. Yeah, like, like, like let's do this with my situation. Well, those boys didn't know what they were doing. They had no clue. Everybody goes through things like that. 
Everybody has issues like that in their life. You know what? You just got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and overcome those things, man. You got to be stronger than those issues. Or how about this? How about this? Man, who raised those kids? Who gave them that magazine? To put that out there where I could get it? What kind of a person does that? You see justification and condemnation? Yeah. You know who put that magazine out there? Say. Yeah. Evil. Corruption. The seed of death. The entity that didn't want me to be standing here today in front of you. You put that magazine out there. God didn't do that. But he used it for his glory. Because now I can look every man in the eye that has a problem with pornography and I can tell him, you can get free. Come on. Amen. You know? I can look every broken marriage. I can sit down with any broken marriage and I can tell them, you guys can be healed. Amen. There's nobody that had a more broken marriage than I did. Two years ago, I didn't know it. I thought I was the best Christian in the world, man. I wasn't looking for God. I was dead inside. I was teaching Sunday school. You know, I was, you know, the man at church. I could uh, quote you whatever Bible verse you wanted to know. And I didn't know it, but I was two seconds from losing my marriage. My wife was ready to walk out on me. And I didn't even know it. Mm. I was so blind, I didn't even know it. I didn't know it. She was going to walk out and take my kids. Our kids. The love of my life. My wife and my kids. That's all I live for. And I was two seconds away from losing that man. Two seconds away. But my God loved me so much. And he loved my kids so much that he grabbed me by my shirt. And he said, wake up, man. Wake up. What are you doing, man? I love you. Two seconds away, man. And it could have happened, man. I could have lost everything that God had given me in my sin. Given me in my, my, my carnal mindset of destruction. I could have lost it all. Because he gave to me when I didn't deserve it. Deserve in the way I was walking. Not that I didn't deserve it in my position. You understand? Yeah. I know everybody doesn't have the same testimony as I do, but one of the things that so impressed me here and that's so beautiful is, is your guys' testimonies, man. Whew. Amazing. Ridiculous. I mean, if, if you don't believe in miracles, just talk to some of the people around you. <laughs> I don't have to see anybody's leg grow out, bro. I want to, but all I gotta do is talk to you guys, man. All I gotta do is talk to you guys. So how do we stay in that mindset? How do we stay there? How do we stay there? Well, it's moving a little faster than I thought. That's good for you guys. <laughs> so I'll tell you about that night. So uh, I got, I mean, I could tell you my whole story, but it'd take forever. So if you wanna know it, just pull me aside. I'll tell you, I got no secrets, none. Zero. I mean, there's some things that we don't need to get into the details of because they're just gross and disgusting. But if you have a question, I'll answer it, man. Because that's how I live. I live free, man. There ain't nothing holding me back. Nothing. Nothing. There's some there's some hooks I got to get out between me and God, but I live free. You know, I live free. So uh, I came home one night, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, God's Not Dead. It's kind of cheesy, but it's cool, you know? Uh, so I, I, I came home on Friday nights we watched movies at my house and uh, I was this really awesome Christian guy I never listened to any Christian music or watched any Christian movies because I thought they were cheesy and stupid uh, and I thought that I knew it all and I grew up in a Pentecostal church man I see people healed like if you told me you're healed I'm like of course you're healed that's what God does you know I speak in tongues of course you do that's what God does I'm slain in the spirit. I saw 25 people slain in the spirit yesterday. I knew it all, you know, I knew it all. My beautiful, amazing kid said, Daddy, Daddy, let's watch a movie. You know, and uh, my wife was over drunk on the couch. She said I could say that. And uh, my kids were like, Daddy, Daddy, let's watch a movie. You know, she was drunk because I injured her every day. I beat her. Yeah, I know that sounds like condemnation, but it's not. I did, I beat her verbally, not physically, but verbally, and then I justified myself. So I'm not beating her, so we're good, right? And I'm right, so we're good, right? You know, you can you can uh, be right and be so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You can be right and be so wrong. And I was so right, 
I was so wrong. So I came in and uh, and they said they wanted to watch this movie. Guys, not dead. And I said, okay, I figure I'll go to sleep. My wife's gonna sleep off whatever she drank. And then uh, tomorrow will be a new day. We can all pretend like we're happy. And uh, that movie, the uh, protagonist slash antagonist is an atheist. And he gets hit by a car at the end. And of course, like the pastor comes at the last minute and he says the center prayer and he gets saved. And I thought, how freaking cheesy, man, is this? This is so stupid. Who's that talking, man? This is so stupid. How cheesy is this? I heard that voice all the time. Bunch of losers. Like, they couldn't figure out a better way to end this movie? Who came up with this stupid idea of this guy getting hit by a car and the, the, the pastor coming to the little center's prayer? <laughs> Who talks like that, man? Who talks like that? You guys have heard that voice too, right? You guys have heard that voice too. So I have a, we have a couch that's like a sectional and there's a little part that sticks out of here. You call it like a, there you go, Chase Lounge. See, my wife knows, his wife knows. So my, uh, my littlest one who was five then, he looks up at me, right? When this guy gets hit by a car and he says a sinner's prayer. And I think in the movie, they say all the angels are praising God right now. He said, he said, daddy, daddy, isn't it gonna be great when we all get to heaven? We're together. And man, I was a master at answering that question, dude, with a straight face. And I said, yeah, it's going to be great. And I didn't get the whole word great out. This Holy Spirit hit me so hard that I couldn't stop myself from crying. I don't know what happened. And I started bawling and bawling like a two-year-old child. Snot and everything. <laughs> I don't cry, man. I've looked down the barrel of an AK-47 and I don't cry. I don't cry. I thought I didn't cry. I thought I didn't cry. Looked down a lot of barrels. Sometimes I thought my family might be better off if I ate a barrel, ate a bullet, drove into a wall. What's that voice? Mm. You heard that voice? Yeah. You hear that voice? What's the job of that voice? Anybody know the job of that voice? Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's all that voice wants. You know what the other voice says? It's three things, too. What does it say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't that interesting? I didn't hear that voice so good anymore. So I was bawling like a baby. I was bawling like a baby. And uh, and my kids said, Daddy, what's going on? Because they never seen anything like that. I mean, they thought the world had come to an end. They never seen Daddy cry like that. And I said, hey, it's time to go to bed. Let's go to bed. My wife opened one eye, and she scurried off to the bedroom. I'm like, what is going on with this dude? She thought, you know, I don't know, I was going to yell at her. I don't know. Whatever I did. And I'd love to bring her sometime because her testimony is like 10,000 times more powerful than mine. I tell her when I wake up in the morning, I wake up next to the face of grace and mercy. Hallelujah. I know what grace and mercy looks like. It lays next to me in bed. It holds my hand. It loves me in spite of what I've done cares for my children. It lets me come to Australia. It lets me do all these crazy things I'm doing now. <sighs> miracles, man. Miracles. Those are miracles. Miracles. So I, uh, I put the kids to bed and I, uh, I came back and I sat right in between where the, what is it called again? The chase lounge and the edge of the couch meets. I still know where the place is, man. I love to sit there. I love to sit there. It's right there. Gonna have to get rid of that couch someday, but since my last name's couch, I'm good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I sat right there at that V. And I had a, not a vision like maybe a lot of people have, but it was like uh, a thought that was almost visible. And I saw Jesus, man. 
He was dead. He was dead. He was smelly. He was stinky. Because he had been in the grave for three days. He had a crown of thorn on his head. He was bloody. And he was deteriorating and decaying. Any of you have a Jesus like that? I did. And he told me, Matt, he calls me Matt. That's how I know it's not me because I don't call myself anything. He calls me Matt. He said, Matt, you got a dead Jesus. Nobody wants him. Wow. What? Do you know who I am? I've done everything I ever put my mind to. I do. And things happen. My family does what I say. We go where I say to go. We worship who I say to worship. I speak and things happen. You don't know who I am. I didn't say that to him, but I thought it. You know what I said to him? You don't talk like that to God. You know what I said to him? I said, what do I have to do to have an alive Jesus? And he said, trust me. I trust you, God. No, you don't. Wait a minute, do you know who I am? Go down that road again. My dad's a pastor. I lived on a mission field. I said, thousands of people come to Jesus, man. I pass out tracts. I put up tents. Come on, man. Do you know who I am? He said, trust me. See, the thing that keeps us from living, two of the main things that keep us from living in our, our, our new man is our pain and our sin or our perceived sin. That's the thing I held on to, my pain and my sin. And I let it tell me who I was. Right? Justification, condemnation. Justification, condemnation. And anything anybody got from me was me justifying myself or me condemning myself for them. It's a circle, man. Whatever you have inside you comes out of your mouth. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. That's what you give the other people. Death or life. That's it. There's nothing in between. You're either breathing death or life. Everywhere you go, everything you do, everything you are, you're breathing death or life. There's nothing else you can do. Your father is either the father of lies wow. or the father of truth. That's it. The truth. That's it. So he said, trust me, Matt. And I said, okay. I had no idea what that meant. Not a freaking clue what that meant. I still actually don't know what it means. Because <laughs> every day I gotta trust him more. Right? He said, trust me. And I said, okay. And he said, give me your pain. No way. No way. Give me your pain, Matt. That was about a five minute fight. Five to 10 minute fight. And I finally said, okay, I'll give you my pain. He said, give me your, uh, give me your sin. See, I didn't want to give him my pain because then he's going to ask for my sin. Right? So I could maybe stop condemning myself, but stop justifying myself? No way. No way. He said, give me your sin. So I was about another 10 minute fight. Gave him my sin. And he said, uh, so he said, uh, give me your, uh, your wife, give me your kids, give me your finances, give me your uh, future, give me your past. One by one, he asked for everything in my life. As I got towards the end, it got a little easier because I thought, what else can he ask for? And he kept asking for more. So one by one, he went through everything in my life and I gave it to him. And my mindset changed that day. Peace like I'd never known came into my life. Joy like I'd never known came into my life. You see, since I was seven and a half years old, that's when I was abused, I saw everything through the lens of pain and anger. I didn't even know it. I thought that's how you're supposed to be. That's how you're supposed to be. I didn't know what freedom felt like. I didn't know what forgiveness felt like, what peace felt like, what joy felt like, what kindness and goodness felt like. I couldn't receive it from anybody. I couldn't give it to anybody. I made myself the, the flag bearer for death, the flag bearer for justice. 
And I thought that justified who I was. But I didn't know who I was. I never met myself. I didn't have a chance to get to know myself. So I gave it to him all that night. And uh, I changed immediately. And everybody knew it right away. I didn't say anything to anybody. Right after that, about a week later, my wife sat down on the other side of the couch. And it was a Saturday morning. I don't know. We were, probably, we were an amazing family. Even though we, you know, I was living with all this, we were very loving in a lot of ways family. You know, In between me screaming and yelling at everybody. You know, making pancakes on Saturday morning, going to baseball games. And, I mean, from the outside, we were the typical American, you know, family or Australian. You know, assuming it's similar, you know. Uh, but my wife sat down. I think it was a Saturday morning. She had a cup of water at the edge of the couch, and uh, she knocked it over on accident. And the water went all over the floor. And I went and I ran in the kitchen. I got some paper towels and I knelt down by her and I started cleaning it up. <coughs> she started bawling. Rivers coming out of my wife. I'm like, what, babe, what? You just spilled some water, I'm just cleaning it up. And she said, Matt, you would have yelled at me. You would have told me why I spilled the water and how I could have done it different. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have said it there and I should have been more careful. And now you gotta clean up this mess. She didn't even know what happened to me. I hadn't told her. She knew something happened, but she didn't know what. And that, and that really was a testimony to me, even though I was living in this new place and yeah. living in my new man about where I was. And see, each one of us have been there probably in this room. Each one of us had an experience where we felt that peace and we felt that joy and we felt that, that new man. But some of us have stepped back into listening to that voice. Mm. Listen to that voice. You know what that voice says to you? Let me tell you what that voice says to you. I know it real well, man. I love how there's a, I didn't look it up. It just came to me right now, but there, you know, how the Bible says that we, we know the voice of our master. Come on. I know the voice of both of my masters. Yeah. I've heard them both. I know that old voice really well, so it's really easy to recognize the new voices. You don't sound like the old voice at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know that old voice that says, you're too skinny. You're too fat. You're ugly. You're a loser. You'll never be good enough. No one ever loved you. No one ever will love you. you. You'll always be an addict. You're not smart. You're not enough. You're too old. You're too young. You're too difficult. You don't deserve to be happy. You'll never amount to anything. Your pain will never go away. Your failure, failure is who you are. You are too bad to be forgiven. Knowing God is not for you. God doesn't hear or care about you. God wants you sick. God wants you to struggle. God wants to punish you. You don't deserve happiness. Everyone is against you. Anxiety, fear, and depression are normal for you. Satisfaction is for someone else. You'll never get past this. You heard that voice? Mm -hmm. I heard that voice. You know why I heard that voice? I'm going to tell you exactly why I heard that voice. My mom and dad are amazing people, man. They're giving their whole lives to God. But there's a lot of things in the church traditionally that we say and we don't understand what we're saying. And as children, we grow up not understanding them, not having a relationship with Holy Spirit. And so what gets passed down generation after generation is this misunderstanding of what words mean. So sometimes you hear me say evil instead of sin. And the only reason I say that is because there's connotation for sin that I don't like. That it's an action. And it's not an action, it's a person. Mm -hmm. Right? So I was always told that I needed to have, have you heard this before? I need to have God in the center of my life. Yeah. I need to have God in the center of my life. Everything else should revolve around God, right? But let me tell you what, if you got God in the center of your life, then you're a sinner. You're not a sinner, are you? Are you a sinner saved by grace? No. No. What are you? You're a son. You're a son. But I have God in the center of my life. Read my Bible, go to church, right? Tell people, uh, hey man, I'm a Christian, how you doing? Man, that hat's ugly. Get a new one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that about, dude? Yep, yeah, push it down. <laughs> Do you always laugh like that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that, man? Yeah. Well, I got in the center of my life. Well, let me tell you what Jesus prayed for. Let me tell you, Jesus 
thinks. <laughs> Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said a prayer for his disciples. Huh? Right? Uh, i got to find here where I wrote it. Yeah, there it is. Man, this is my... I, I love the Bible, man, but when I read this, it just wrecks me. Jesus knows he's going to the cross. It's in John 17, 20 through 26. And I don't know the exact timeline of when he prayed this, but in the next chapter he gets arrested. But, uh, but John 17, 20 through 26. This is Jesus, man. Like, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about this dude lives inside of you. I know I call him dude. I don't know. When I get to heaven, you may be like, dude, you're a little light of me. I'm like, you just call me dude. So. <laughs> yeah. John 17, 20 to 26. So he says a prayer for his disciple and he thanks God for giving them to him that he didn't lose any of the ones that he had given to him except the one that betrayed him. And then he prays for you because he says that he prays for the ones that will come to know to know him through them. Mm. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us. Us. Come on. Not in me. Us. He wants us to be in God the Father and God the Son. Mm. What? That's crazy. Seriously? That was my position. I was in Christ when I was sinning, when I was in evil. When I was yelling at my wife and children, I had asked Christ into my life. Now, what does that mean theologically? I don't know. Because I don't want to go there, man. Because I'm here. And I don't need to go there. May they also be in us. And now, check out his reasoning here. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, it's not about you. Come on. It's not about me. It's about him. But you know what the amazing thing is? He's all about you. <clears throat> it's not about you. It's about him. And he's all about you. He wants you in us. Isn't that crazy, man? I thought this thing was about me. It's about him. He's all about me. Whew. Feels so good. Now listen to this. I have given them. He's talking about you, okay? He's not talking about his disciples. He's talking about you. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. Wow. Now listen to this, man. He he says it twice because he wants to make sure we understand what's going on. And now he makes it more specific to how he resides in us. And he gives us his own personal identity. He says, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me even as you, uh, and have loved them even as you have loved me. So what's the point to him being in us and us being in him? What is it? It says it right there. What is it? (laughs) They would know and what? They would know that God loved them. He wants the world to know that God, that his daddy loves them. Yeah. <laughs> and that he loves us. You see that? See, because if you walk in healing, and if you walk in victory, and you walk in all these things, and without love, you're going to slip right back into a carnal place. It's all about love, man. It's not about chasing a healing. It's not about chasing a a manifestation. You are the manifestation. The manifestation lives inside of you. And it breathes life. And it breathes truth. And it breathes the way. And it shows the way when you walk around in the grocery store. And you tell the, the checkout lady, man, you got a beautiful smile. <laughs> and she says, do you want to donate to the to the whatever leukemia society? And you say, sure. And she's like, oh, you're the first person that said that all day. <laughs> you don't have to ask her if she has pain. You can. And you might. 
And you should. But it's all about who you are and who he is in you and for you and through you to others. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Now, this is Jesus asking his daddy to do this. You think he said no? (laughs) No, man, just go to the cross and after you do that, we'll figure it out, okay? You know what? You got to obey me first. And once you obey me, you know, you've been obeying me up to here, but now it's a real test. I'm going to throw this one at you and if you make it then we'll, we'll make a deal maybe this is Jesus asking his daddy and what will really blow your mind if you really think about it is uh, since Jesus and God are the same thing God went to the cross himself for you too so, sure. that will really mess your mind if we think about it so he's asking himself <laughs> well, then I lost it here and I went uh, okay. it all right now. yeah yeah, where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world, righteous Father. Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the, what? Love, love you have for me may be where? In them. In them. And that I myself may be where? In them. Oh, man. You don't even have to read anything else. Man, that says it all. That's the whole reason God came. The whole reason he sent Jesus. To get me out of that hurt, abused identity. And put me into the completeness of Christ, right? So this is what it should look like. It shouldn't be a little dot, man. This is, this is Jesus. We're together. And we're sitting down on the throne. He's got to be all, he's in everything, man. He's not the center. You don't revolve around him. He is me, in me, through me, to me, for me, to others. It's not about chasing a miracle. I am the miracle. Yeah. Amen. Every time I take a breath, I breathe out life. Let me tell you what, you live like that, when you're breathing death, it takes you about a half a second to notice it. And you know what you get to do? Forgive yourself. You know who you get to ask? The Jesus inside of you. <laughs> Sorry, go okay. He's there, man. I'm going to speed it up. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1 through 4. Because through Jesus Christ, the law that condemned me for cheating on my wife, for yelling at my children, for being a liar, Or filling my mind with reams of pornography. Let me tell you what, if you're struggling with pornography, it took God about this long to blink, and all the reams of pornography in my mind are gone forever. Amen. That's crazy, man. Now let me tell you what, if you're married and you're struggling with pornography, come talk to me later, man, because God has got a gift for you. Because you have no idea what it's like to make love to your wife. Holy Spirit will get in there and it will be something amazing. It's not appropriate from the pulpit, but ask me. <laughs> Ridiculous. He's been lying to you, man. He's been selling you a bag of goods. He don't want you to know what it's like to have someone love you and make love to you. What does he want to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. What does God want? Way, truth, life. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. It's that mindset, right? Ooh. It has nothing to do with your position. It has to do with your mind is. My position in Christ was sealed since I was three and a half years old. And I wasted 33 years. 33 years of living in death. Listen, I'm telling you again, there is no life outside of Christ. I am the life, he says. So if you're living outside of him, you have no idea what life is. You might think you do, but you don't know. Trust me, I didn't. I'm not saying life is easy. Because we live in a corrupt world. 
but we bring life to it. We are the miracle. Jesus is the miracle inside of you, to you, through you, for you, to others, in you. I'm almost done, guys. So Paul, Paul, uh, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit to the Corinthians, right? And they're living like I was, right? Horribly. But they're all operating in the, in the gifts of the Spirit, right? So he talks about them, and I won't go into it. To be honest, I really don't care what people believe or that and don't believe about the gifts of the Spirit. I know they exist, and I know we all can have them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Amen. And uh, he talks to them, and then he says, but let me show you a more, the most excellent way. Yes. Isn't that what you guys want to walk in, the most excellent way? Yes. You know why, the most, why, why love is the most excellent way? Because that's who Jesus is. Yes. And all the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit flow from that. Amen. The gifts are like the seed, and the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit. When you walk up to someone on the street and you say, do you have any pain and they get healed, you're saying, hey, eat my peace. Hey, eat my joy. Hey, eat my love, my kindness, my goodness. Here, have a bite of this, man. Have you had this one? No. You got to give it, man, because if you don't, it's going to get too ripe and it's going to fall off the tree, man. You're going to lose it. Give it. It's good. Give it, right? Love is not a state of being. It's not a commitment, an obligation, or a duty. It's not a feeling or a charity. It's not grace. It's not mercy. It's not understanding or empathy. It's not faith or hope or peace or sacrifice. It's not loyalty or consideration, honesty or integrity. It's not protection or justice, freedom or kindness. It's not goodness or forgiveness, gentleness or security. Love is the fountain of life, the wellspring of everything that is good. All of the commonly used descriptions of love, such of which are listed above, are not love in and of themselves, but consequences, actions, and states of being that well up out of the creating that have the knowledge of love. Love proceeds from and fully envelops and embodies all of his, God's, attributes. Even the ones that you would normally associate, you would not normally associate with it, like perfect judgment and discipline. Love is life. There is no life without love. There is no life or love without the knowledge of the embodiment of love, Christ Jesus. Yeah. To know God is to know love. To live in Christ is to live in love. To love as Christ's love is to live life. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. What's Paul telling us, man? Why are you nothing without love? Because nothing is because love is Jesus, man. That's what he did, is he loved you. He loved me. He loved me on that couch that night, 33 years after I've been broken. And he was trying to love me every day. I just want to listen to him. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship and I boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. You know what you can do with this passage? It's really amazing. Replace the word love with God. It'll wreck you, dude. It will wreck you. God does not boast. God is not proud. He does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. Shut up. (laughs) God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. Shut up. I did that one day and I freaking out. I couldn't pick myself up off the ground. Shut up. Shut up. I mean, that's my thing and I didn't know it, right? But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is what is in part will disappear. And then he tells them, so he's talking to these guys about the gifts, right? And he's telling them a more excellent way. So now he tells them, put your childish ways behind you. Shut up. <laughs> 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 That's really good. That is awesome, man. He says, for uh, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways, the ways of child behind me. For now we see only a reflection of man, but then we shall see face to face. You get to see God face to face right there. Yeah, Do you know that? Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Oh my gosh, it is so good to be fully known. Try it sometime. Whew, I was undercover since seven and a half years old. And now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is? Love. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Your testimony is so important, guys. Do you understand what you're saying to somebody when you walk up to them and you say, do you have any pain? You have no clue what you're saying, man. So you think when they say, no, I don't have a hurt elbow or have a whatever, that you're done. Well, you're that's right. That's good. You're not done. You haven't even started yet. Yeah, that's, that's right. Good. Jesus is walking up to someone and saying, do you have any pain? Yes. Have you ever thought about that? Mm -hmm. I wish somebody asked me if I had any pain. Anybody, someone, and you see it sometimes. Some of you have told me, you'll walk up to somebody. I think, I think you told me this morning, right? And they're like, you just see them start bawling when you ask them if they have any pain. Because mm -hmm. they just want someone to ask them if they have any pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing I learned the most traveling, I've done a couple mission trips on my own. And the thing I learned the most is that when you touch somebody, man, they immediately feel the peace and the love of God. Yeah. You've seen it, right? That million mile stare. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it happens like all the way where, where Polly B is standing. They'll be like this. And I'll be like, you feel it, don't you? <laughs> Just like that. Look at Polly B. That's what they look like. <laughs> you know what you get to tell them? You can pray for them. You can love on them. Amen. You get to tell them that they can stay there. Like I'm telling you, you can stay here. Come on. You know what I tell them? It's funny, man. I'm like, it feels like the biggest jacuzzi in the world, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, man. You don't have to go back to not being who you are, man. You don't have to, I'm almost done. So I'm just gonna read a little story that I wrote. A lot of us, like I said, we've had relationships with God. It's really short, so don't worry. We've had relationships with God. And uh, and we step back into that carnal mindset. God didn't go anywhere, though. You didn't change who you are. Mm -hmm. You didn't become something That's else. Right. You're just living in a counterfeit version of yourself. That's right. That's good. So you're living for a different father. But he's not your father because you already gave your life. But you're living for a different father. It's about a piano. So the kingdom of God is like an old piano sitting in an abandoned house. A child stumbles on it with his friends while playing hide and seek. They all bang on the keys for a while, then run outside to play hide and seek again. While everyone else is hiding, one child walks back to the piano and plays the keys one at a time. Drawn to the key tones, he comes back again and again to the piano over the years, teaching himself to play a little bit at a time. But as he grows older, he forgets about the piano. His life becomes full of school, sports, activities, then family and career. Until one day he receives a letter in the mail that his great-grandmother has passed away and left him an old farmhouse as his inheritance. He decides to take his family and drive out to the country to see the home. As they all gather at the front porch, he opens the door and looks inside the parlor. Through the darkness of the unlit house, he sees an old piano sitting there. Suddenly, all the emotions he felt for that old piano he played as a boy come rushing back. All the memories of the hours he spent playing the piano, the joy, the comfort, the adventure, the satisfaction that filled his mind. He sits down and begins to play the piano one key at a time, just as that first time we had sat down at the piano so many years ago. 
As he touches the keys, some of the old songs he taught himself start to flow through his fingers. His family loves the music, and he decides to have the piano tuned and take lessons. As he plays the piano over the next few years, he begins to find he has a talent for composing music, and then finds that he is a natural at composing music and playing the piano itself. He loves the piano so much, he begins to arrange his whole life around playing and composing music. Eventually, he devotes himself full-time to, to doing that. One day, he looks up from the piano, and before him is a crowd of people filling an auditorium. Awesome. Kind of like this, huh? Mm. The crowd is giving him a standing ovation. As he stands and takes a bow, his mind turns to the thinking of that first day in that old house when he first encountered the piano, and it changed everything. The piano's still there, man. Didn't go anywhere. You get to play it every day. I just want to read a couple of definitions to you that I didn't get to because here's who you are now. You're forgiven, you're empowered, you're eternal, and you're purposed. That's what God's put in you. That's Jesus. That's what he is. He doesn't have to be forgiven because he is forgiveness. What uh, what does forgiven mean? Forgiven, pardoned, excused, exonerated, absolved, acquitted, amnesty. That's mm. what you are. You're given amnesty. Empowered. What does empowered mean? Authorized. Yeah. Licensed, entitled, permitted, allowed, sanctioned, warranted, commissioned, delegated, certified, accredited. Here's a hard one for some of you. Qualified. Mm. Eternal. It's a good one, man. You guys ever heard that song? You could be eternal. Is that one? Eternal. Oh, anyway. <laughs> it's not a Christian song, but I like it. How can a song be Christian anyway, right? So. <laughs> eternal. You are everlasting, never ending, endless, perpetual. You're perpetual. Undying, immortal. Deathless, indestructible, imperishable, immutable. This is crazy. This is really crazy. Eternal. A synonym of eternal is abiding. What? Shut up. <laughs> you are permanent, enduring, infinite, boundless. I like this one. I'm timeless. Timeless, timeless man. I can look at my body decaying and think, I'm timeless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm timeless. The last one, purpose, and we'll be done. We'll just pray real quick. Purposed. You are intended, meant, aimed, planned, and designed. Look them up. You can find other definitions too. They're all good, man, because they all come from those words. That's what God's done for you. That's who Jesus is in you, through you, for you, to others. So let's pray real quick, man. If you guys have any questions or any struggles, know that Christ in you has no problem with them. You don't have to chase a miracle. You are the miracle. He is the miracle. You breathe and walk life out and give life to others. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I'm so humbled and grateful. The position you put me in, the empowerment you've given me, the purpose, the eternal nature. I stand in awe of you, Lord. I stand in awe of you. And you've given what you've given me to each one of these people here today. I pray that you would break every chain of the carnal mind, every addiction that it would go now, that your peace and your love and your kindness and your joy would flow freely from these trees that stand in front of me. Yes. These trees of life that you've planted in this world. And let us water each other. 
with our gifts, the seeds that you give us, with your life, that we'd eat of each other's fruit and give our fruit to others, that we would be the type of people that reach out our hands to the broken, to the downtrodden, to the hurt, to the rejected, mm. that we wouldn't settle for what that carnal mind, that evil, what that Satan says we are. We wouldn't listen to that voice anymore. In the name of Jesus, I command that voice to go for all of these people here. That it become so small and so faint that they can barely hear it anymore. <clears throat> Bless them, fill them, love them, Lord. I know you already have. In your precious, wonderful name. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Amen.